Gentlemen, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Jill Galland and I'm joined by Evan Abrams each and every week. He's our research director here at the Action Network. Now we're going to dive into all the Sunday NFL action for week five. Brandon Anderson is going to have his hot reads later in the show. And Patrick Everson from Vegas Insider will give us an update on the sports books of Vegas and how they fared this NFL Sunday. But first... We got to talk Monday Night Football, Evan. We got to look at Packers Raiders. Raiders hosting the Packers. Raiders are right now two point favorites over under at 44 and a half. And when I'm looking at this matchup, Evan, first thing I look at is there's a ton of injuries still on the Packers side, uh, especially on defense. Now, cornerback Jair Alexander, he did have limited practice each day this week, but. He is expected to be back, and they're going to need him if they're going to have Devontae Adams out there for the Raiders. He's another one who was dinged up as well, but I think he will play as well. But, uh, yeah, the, the Packers just coming off that tough loss for the Lions. I mean, if Jordan Love can avoid some turnovers, I think they could probably win this game outright. But, honestly, if we got to talk about turnovers and what Jordan Love has done, we got to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, who is expected back in the lineup, but he has six interceptions in three games and uh, it should be interesting to see how he looks because I thought Aiden O'Connell looked pretty good last week against the Chargers. Now, they did fall short, lost 24 to 17. But, you know, the Chargers also have a habit of making a lot of quarterbacks look pretty good. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, offensively, I'm just not sure, Evan, if the Raiders are going to be much better than what we've already seen so far, even with Jimmy in the lineup. I mean, so far all through four games, we've seen 17 points, 10 points. 18 points, 17 points. And this Packers defense is a little bit better that, you know, they are going to have some injuries, but again, I'm looking at this right now. I think if I had to bet a side here, I'd be looking at the Packers. Uh, what are you seeing on your end so far? Health and consistency is kind of the issue at the moment, right? Like I think from both sides, uh, Packers injuries. Uh, and then from the Raiders point of view, just like you said, they're not scoring points any week. So it's just for me a little bit difficult to actually pick a side. I, even the line movement, right? Like Green Bay was favorite, then it was Vegas minus two and a half for a few minutes, back to two, mm-hmm. now one and a half. So I, I don't even think anyone really has a good idea of you know, which side is the right side. I, the one thing I'll look at is, so some first touchdown, I'll do Muck, Musgrave and Mayer. I kind of like the tight ends in this game. Uh, I think, you know, yep. Love's 
lack of t- turnovers, hopefully, after that Detroit game. Uh, a little bit of a roller coaster with a younger quarterback. So I think Musgrave and Mayer, probably a decent look and a fun trend that's actually done pretty well this year. Uh, when both teams are on extended rest, which is usually these Monday night games in most situations, under is 92-47-1, and 66% since 2018. It's actually 16-5 this year already. So usually one more rest. You know, especially with these types of teams, interesting up from 43 and a half to 45 and a half. So, you know, if it even got to up to a 46, I'd probably like it even more. But I, I think that's probably the right way I take it. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, is I don't know if how many people really want to be betting Jimmy G when he's getting points as opposed as opposed to, yeah. um, you know, Jordan Love here in an underdog spot. You know, they, they didn't cover last week against the Lions, but historically he's he's four and one or three and one rather against the spread. And then, of course, Matt LaFleur as an underdog, another one that has historically done well. So I'd be looking at on that side. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean from that. The 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 total, I, I think, though, there are a couple touchdown scores, though, that I would look at. I think I would be immediately looking at Jacoby Myers for the Raiders, okay. especially because he's gotten 26 targets in three games really been a bit of a safety blanket for Jimmy G uh, through these games. And again, as I alluded to, if if Jair Alexander is playing, he's likely going to be shadowing Devontae Adams as much as possible. So you you could bet on Devontae at even odds. I still like (laughs) him to score in a a revenge spot, but uh, that's who I would look at as Jacoby Myers around that plus 200 range. But Jordan Love would probably be as well on the Packers side who I'd be looking at. I'd still play him around five to one, but I mean, I hit on him last week at five to one versus the lions. He's shown, you know, when it's goal to go, he's not really afraid to tuck and run. He has two red zone carries, both of them for touchdowns. And, you know, Aaron Jones, he's still nursing a bit of an injury. AJ Dillon, his yards per carry is less than three. I imagine. And the Raiders defense is bottom 10 and rush yards allowed per game. I mean, Justin Herbert ran for two touchdowns on them last week. So that's what I'd be looking at for Raiders and Packers but we got to immediately talk about Sunday night football just wrapped up between the Cowboys and the 49ers 49ers win 42 to 10 cover very easily as three and a half point home favorites uh, and the over does hit at 45 and Evan the 49ers have now covered the spread in 10 consecutive home games dating back to last year yeah, that uh, streak of 10 is the longest for them. And I looked this up even in, yeah, going to nine since 1960. So we haven't seen a streak like this for the Niners at home uh, in a long, long time. And they've been playing so, so well. You look right at the box score when you look at tonight. And the thing that pops out, 25 first downs for San Francisco so brutal. To, da- to Dallas, which is just absolutely crazy. Uh, it's just never felt like... They were even in the game. And, I, you know, the interceptions from Dak were late, right? It was mostly second half, mostly coming back. They just couldn't find any rhythm. Uh, but listen, Niners have hit 30 points in every game this year. Uh, six straight games of 30-plus points. So the longest streak for an NFC team since the greatest show on turf did it in 14. So 14 straight. Just they're really going and on. And an opening drive scored. Yeah. Yeah, opening drive scored five straight games too. And uh, honestly, that was really what, kind of sealed it in a way because it was the worst first quarter you could ask for the Cowboys two three and outs and then a Tony Pollard fumble and you you mentioned just looking at the box score third down it was just the death of the Cowboys they could not get off the field the Niners were six nine on third down multiple times where they had the Niners basically turned over they're gonna punt the ball late penalty and then they go down and score a touchdown as a result. And that just basically killed the Cowboys. You could look at the three interceptions in the second half from Dak. 
a lot of that was when they were already down multiple scores. I'm not going to say that they were good decisions. I'm <laughs> not going to endorse the unsolicited DAC pick that seems to be coming uh, every week, uh, or at least uh, in weeks where the Cowboys just implode upon themselves. But I think we do have to give credit to that 49ers defense. They were just incredible today. Fred Warner was everywhere. And I think really just what we saw is that the Cowboys proved that they are nowhere near close to the Niners level. You want to talk about like gambling storylines, especially after this game going forward. Hard not to talk about Brock for MVP, which is just you know, a wild story. I believe open the year at 50 to one. Now at some shops, nine to one, eight to one, even seven to one. So it's Mahomes, Tua, Allen, Hertz, and Purdy at most books. Uh, this uh, ass whooping uh, by <laughs> the uh, 49ers to the Cowboys is definitely something that uh, I won't be keeping as a long-term memory. But uh, Evan, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. All right, now it's time for the hot read from our own Brandon Anderson. What do you have for us looking at early week six lines? Hot rock! Blue 17! Nice rights! Ice cream! Jose! Blue the Raiders! 19 salad! 19! Louisville Soul Train! All right, it's time for the week six hot read. A quick recap. We went to Pennsylvania last week. We hit Pittsburgh. We hit Philadelphia. We're now 7-1 and one on the year for the hot read for week six. I'm going to start out with the Seahawks, plus three in Cincinnati. Grabbing this right now because I want that key number, the plus three. I actually think Seattle might be the favorite in this game. Seattle right now, coming into Sunday, top half of the league in offensive DVOA and defensive DVOA and special teams. That's everything. That includes top 10 offensively running and passing the football, both parts. And that is despite they've been missing both their tackles for most of the season. The secondary has been missing three of the top five players much of the season. Seattle did not play on Sunday. They're on the bye this week. So I think we have a good chance to get the Seahawks healthy here, get some of those bodies back into the lineup. And it should be impressive to us that the Seahawks have been this good, even without some of those guys. So Bengals did play Sunday. They beat up on the Cardinals, but we knew the Cardinals' defense is bad. Seattle's defense ranks 13th by DVA coming into the week, and that's third against the run, too. So I think Seattle can at least hang here. Joe Burrow did not just magically find the elixir, and he's all healthy and good to go. So I think Seattle hangs with the Bengals here, maybe comes away with the win. Don't forget, even before this Arizona game today, Cincinnati was bottom 10 offense and defense by DVOA. So I think it's a nice spot for the Seahawks. Geno Smith is 20-13-2 against the spread as an underdog, 61%. Pete Carroll, 61% as a dog as well. So I like Seattle. I like them outright. I'll play the key number here at plus three. And then for the second high read for week six, going back to one we grabbed on the look ahead. I'm going to double down. I want to make sure you got it. Give me the Indianapolis Colts plus five and a half in Jacksonville. This is a spot that I've had circled since the schedule came out. 
this morning, we all watched the Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills. And I think that kept this line a little high here, but Buffalo was missing its top two corners. They got a safety plan hurt. Matt Milano, one of the best cover linebackers in the league, gets hurt. He's out long-term. Jacksonville is eating over the middle. Buffalo is missing multiple defensive linemen. Jacksonville has a London rest advantage, too. They've been in London two weeks in a row. Buffalo comes in, has all those injuries, still almost wins the game. Jacksonville holds on to win by five. They got big issues on the offensive line. Press Taylor, the play caller, still not calling things great for Jacksonville. And why did this spot get circled by me? So now we have the opposite. Jacksonville had the rest advantage in London. Now we have something we've literally never seen in NFL history. Jacksonville comes back to the States after two weeks in London. What's that do to your bodies to come back after two weeks and not have a bye week, immediately play a game? We don't know, but we know that even coming back from one week overseas and playing a game hasn't gone well. It's happened 11 times in NFL history. Just happened today with the Falcons. Atlanta won the game, but they need a late comeback. And that is now 11 for 11, 100% of teams that played in London and returned without a bye week that trailed or retired in the fourth quarter. Remember, Houston took the lead and almost beat the Falcons before that late comeback there. So Colts are probably going to score in this game. Jacksonville's defense, typically the defenses are tired out in a spot like this coming home from London. And we have a double down here. We have two weeks in London We've never seen this before, but this is a spot that I've had circled on the schedule. We want to get these points. Honestly, I think the Colts might just be better. We uh, probably are going to get Gardner Minshew in this game. I don't mind it. Gardner Minshew is ready to play. He probably opens up the pass attack for this team a little more. And don't forget, revenge spot here against Jacksonville. So I like that too. Jonathan Taylor's back. Shane Steichen pulling some strings, setting Indianapolis up well. And it's a good spot to bet against Trevor Lawrence too. He's only 3-7 and seven against the spread when favored 30%, and that includes 0-5 when he's favored by four or more. And in those five games, 1-4 and four straight up. So I think that the Colts have a chance to win here. Home field disadvantage, really. The Colts are the team that has less travel to do. The Jaguars are the one in the big disadvantage spot. So give me Colts, plus 5.5. That land's already starting to move. Grab those points while you can. Week 6 hot reads. Indianapolis Colts, plus 5.5 in Jacksonville. Seattle Seahawks, plus three at Cincinnati. Okay, thank you, Brandon. Now, Evan, let's start looking at the Sunday action. Favorites go seven and five straight up, six and six against the spread. Another under week. Totals go eight and four, only week two with a big week for overs. But uh, let's talk about some of those public sides. How did they do today, Evan? Strictly from a public side point of view, pretty crazy. Seven of the top eight especially from the Action Network percentages, ended up covering today. So Miami, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Indy, KC, Jets, Cincinnati, San Francisco. Those are the sides, seven of the eight covers. So pretty good situation there. And actually pretty wild here. 42, 27, and 3 against the spread. That's a best five-game start since 2009 for the public. So really good start to the year. But the other thing you talked about, unders. So eight and four today. And here's a stat that kind of blows me away, especially week to week betting. So in the last 23 regular season weeks, there have only been three where there have been more overs than unders for full game totals. So three overs, 13 unders, seven pushes. So we just really haven't seen a consistent overstretch in, in a really long time. 
Well, one game where we saw the public win very handily from a side standpoint, but again, another under was the Chiefs Vikings, where the Chiefs went 27 to 20. Chiefs cover as three and a half point favorites, but the 52 and a half does fall short, mainly because the Vikings just lose another one score game. I think that we thought they were going to be able to drive the field to be able to get it to a 27 all game where overbetters would be able to cash. But again, this is the Vikings we're talking about, and all of their games are decided by at least one score. Now, one and four this season, and Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, I think this is the more story that we should be talking about, is that they are now two and nine against the spread just in their last 11 games overall. I don't really like to talk about moral victories, especially for a one and four team, but Minnesota played well. Like, they really stayed in the game, their efficiency on third down, like, you know, everything is pretty even when you look at how they matched up against Kansas City. And also, I think we should mention the Justin Jefferson injury, not great, uh, could miss That's some time. That's a moral loss, yeah. is what I would call yeah. that, instead of a moral yeah. victory, like, you walk away with that, he might be out for a couple of games. Uh, not and good. not to cut you off, but I mean, the Vikings did have their chances. I mean, they went they for it on fourth and 12 with five minutes to go. They were in KC red zone. I didn't love the play call. They did get called for a delay a game, but I do respect the call because you're not going to beat Casey with field goals. The one fun stat, at least from an anti-Minnesota point of view, which seems to be a theme. So Cousins is now 10-24-1 straight up versus teams with a 75% win percentage, uh, including 4-13-1 with the Vikings. He's just not beating good teams. Like every time you see them in like a dog situation where you're like, ah, they score a lot of points, should stay close, one score game. They just don't win them. So, and the stat with Mahomes on the road is crazy. 25 and five straight up now uh, as a road neutral favorite of over a field goal. So he just almost never loses in this spot. All right, Bengals Cardinals. Bengals win 34 to 20. Bengals covers three point favorites. The over under at 44 and a half goes Way over. Thank you to the Bengals who finally look normal again to their offense. Joe Burrow moves to 2010 and one against the spread on the road now in his career, even though they are one and two against the spread this year. Uh, still very impressive numbers here by Joe Burrow and, and that offense. The Burrow A dot seemed to get better this week. He was throwing downfield. Now, a lot of that is going to be Chase. I believe Chase is like 15 targets or even more than that. So, you know, especially without Higgins, he's looking to him. And especially after Chase talked and said all week that, you know, give me the ball, show me the ball, all these things. Well, it ended up working. So maybe it's an Arizona thing. Maybe it's something they can move on, move forward with. But Cincinnati will play Seattle in Cincinnati next week with Seattle off of a bye. So a little bit of an interesting spot there. And if I look right now, it's Cincinnati minus three. So just, you know, the basic home field advantage at home. Bengals are still under five yards per play. So they did look good. They did score points. They did get chased back and looking good. But we'll see how it looks against Seattle with some time. Let's talk about another AFC North match. The most Steelers-Ravens game you could ask for between <laughs> Ravens and Steelers, where the Steelers win 17-10. to 10. Ravens as four-and-a-half-point favorites lose outright, and the under still hits. It's such an AFC North game. Lamar Jackson now 0-4 against the spread in his career versus the Steelers, and the rah-rah Tomlin spot, it comes through like as if it was just meant to be 18-5-3 and and against the spread now as a home dog in his career when he's an underdog versus the AFC North, 23-8-2 against the spread. Yeah, craziness. So the underdogs covered now 12 straight in this rivalry, 16-1-1. 
against the spread. The underdog is since 2015. And I, I said it earlier on Convince Me uh, Sunday morning that I was on. It was part of my notes because it really just kind of shocking to me. So Lamar's only faced them four times. So it just it feels like, you know, all the time he's been in the league, he was t- uh, Tyler Huntley for three starts. Um, just, you know, and uh, when that number was over four, four and a half, and you were looking at how bad Pittsburgh had looked, their offense, their line, everything wasn't lining up, and they found a way. Like, even early, 10 nothing, I believe it was, for Baltimore, and you said to yourself, Oh, well, it was yeah. awful. Yeah, you just said to yourself, Baltimore was the right side. Everything's looking good here. The Justice Hill run, like they just, they, they, everything seemed on target. Everything seemed in sync. And then second half adjustments. And, you know, there's a, I believe there was a Lamar turnover and it just didn't end up looking pretty. Uh, so interesting when it comes to that. But I, I think the one thing going forward, Steelers have a bye. So really emotional game that, you know, they're probably lucky they got the win. I think we need to talk a little bit more about how the Steelers won this game because I could not believe <laughs> that Lamar Jackson threw an interception in the end zone to the Steelers. This was 10-3. They're about to score. It's about to be a 17-3 game. And the Steelers, in spite of Kenny Pickett, because he has looked like trash the entire game, he really only made one big play. He made a couple yeah. of plays to George Pickens, but that one big touchdown play. But they get a block punt for a safety. Then they get uh, the goal line interception. They get a field goal out of that. They hold the Ravens to a three and out, and then the Pickett's touchdown to seal it. It was just such a gross game from Kenny Pickett. I could not believe that they were able to win that game. Let's talk about Jaguars Bills because this game was fun in a way that the public actually took it a little bit on the chin here because the Jags were able to win as quote-unquote road dogs, uh, even though they're hosting in London. They win 25-20. to 20 with the total going under. And the under has now hit in the last six Jaguars games in London. So keep that in mind when they go back to London next year. And Doug Peterson moves to 31-23 and gets a spread as an underdog. Yeah, we talked about this earlier with the public sides. This was the one that didn't go, didn't didn't work out. Everyone was on Buffalo, uh, and that was the one uh, dutter for the week. But listen, the Jaguars... Some some sort of road warrior in them. Seven straight road neutral games against the spread they've won, dating back to last season. Uh, they tend to be, you know, pretty decent in this spot. And even early, right? 11-7 Jags. So I think the back-to-back London thing, we were all trying to figure out exactly what that was going to mean. Probably a little bit of an advantage for Jacksonville while Buffalo's coming over. Uh, so that that's something, you know, that in the future – with that happening, especially we also talk about it the other way, right? With the no rest off of London, I think the back to back in London probably probably helps. And also, Notre Davis White now the Matt Milano injury. You know, mm-hmm. Buffalo big Buffalo, injuries. Yeah, Buffalo allowed a four point nine yards per rush today, so not good. Etn was all over the place, and the run game for the Bills did not work at all today. Oh. Um, they can be limited offensively when they're not running the ball, and the Jaguars getting up early. And getting that quick lead really put the the Bills kind of like in catch-up mode. They felt like they, they were not running the ball at all on first and second down. And you'd look at Josh Allen's stats and you're like, wow, you finished okay. Like, But most of those was gained in the fourth quarter when they were trailing. You know, Had they just gone with those extra points instead of trying to go for two on both of those touchdown scores, they actually would have been down by three and could have potentially tied the game maybe on a game-tying field goal. But 
look, the Jaguars just they just match up well with the Bills, and that's been my contention with the Bills. Really, is that there's a, there's just a handful of teams. They may not ever see them in the playoffs, but there's just a handful of teams in the NFL that just match up really well with the Bills and will give them fits, and the Jaguars are one of them. Yeah, but you nailed it. The run game for Buffalo, which we had always talked about as something they needed to fix, especially as, you know, that was part of the reason sometimes they had failed in certain big games. 14 rushes for 29 yards. Just ain't going to do it. And again, you put the ball with Josh Allen and, you know, he does find his way into mistakes. I believe it's been like two years or, you know, 18 months since he's had back-to-back games without a turnover. It's just kind of who he is. Well, let's talk about a team that has the run game on point, and that's the Eagles, <laughs> who went on the road to play the Rams. The Eagles win 23-14 to 14 cover as four-point favorites. Uh, under, though, 50-and-a-half, one of the higher totals of the week, uh, went under fairly comfortably, especially in the second half where uh, defenses started to tighten up. But now Jalen Hurts has won 22 of his last 23 regular season starts. He just is winning, uh, and I think I would say this is – a signature win. I felt like the first four games left a lot to be desired from what the Eagles were throwing out there, but this felt like a heavyweight bout to start off, especially with Cooper Cutback making plays. The Rams just look really explosive. Him and Nakua be making plays here, but the Eagles just moved the ball so easily. The Hurts tush push with two seconds to go in the first half. I know their defense got scored on a bit, but to me, like I said, I think this was eas- easily the Eagles' best game of the year. Yeah, now you have the race for the undefeateds. Uh, you know, a bunch of people laying those bets in the preseason. You've got the Eagles at 5-0. and You've got the 49ers at 5-0. and So week to week, that's something to check on. But when it comes to this game, so six teams have lost a Super Bowl and now opened up 5-0, and so the 49ers can join that list. And you mentioned it. Jalen Hurts just always ends up finding a way 26-5 and straight up as a favorite, 26-3 and straight up when the Eagles are favored by three points or more. He just doesn't lose in this spot. And I think the encouraging thing from the Rams point of view, getting Cooper cut back also massive. And also you look at the target share. It's nice. You know, Puka got his cup, got his, there were some targets to Higby. There was some stuff to Atwell. just nice spread around. I think Stafford honestly played well. The one thing, and here's a trend that has continued to Stafford now. And, and this was bad. Cause I believe they got shut out in the second half of this game after, you know, they, they were around they pretty did. early. Yeah. Two 12 and one against the second half spread since the start of last season for Stafford 19 and 38 and two second half ATS. So he's one of the worst quarterbacks historically. And recently it just hasn't been there. So something to look forward to the, uh, with them going forward there, uh, at home, they're actually in the middle of three straight home games. So this was the first leg. Then you've got Arizona and Pittsburgh at home for the Rams. So let's see if they can try to find their way back. Let's look at Titans Colts. Colts win 23 to 16, uh, win over the Titans who were favored as two and a half point favorites. And the uh, under also hits at the 43 and the Colts surprisingly uh, break a five game losing streak straight up and against the spread to the Titans. I think the big takeaway from this though, is that Anthony Richardson got hurt again, shoulder injury. They still uh, managed to win. Minshew, fairly serviceable. I would probably argue is the best backup quarterback in the NFL. But, I mean, I said this in week two when Anthony Richardson got hurt. Dual threat quarterbacks, just they're not meant to last. You have to gravitate back towards the pocket and still playing like a rookie, maybe a little bit too reckless. But this was the Zach Moss game. I know Jonathan Taylor probably stole most of the headlines, but Zach Moss pretty much ran over this Titans defense that was – 
pretty good against the run coming into this game, ranked top five in a lot of metrics as far as stopping the run. But uh, yeah, the, the fact that the Titans were in scoring position where they could have potentially tied the game and the Colts run defense stuffed Derrick Henry on fourth down, that was pretty much the game. Let's go to Jets Broncos. Jets win 31 to 21 in the Hackett Revenge Bowl. <laughs> uh, total at the over under 43 and a half. Total goes way over. One of the biggest takeaways for me, man, and again, this is a selfish thing from my POV, is I just cannot stop watching Jaleel McLaughlin. Jaleel McLaughlin, again, has another first touchdown, third of the season. So now, if you had bet Jaleel McLaughlin for a one unit for first touchdown in every game this year, you'd be up 70 units in profit, which to me, again... he cannot be more than plus 1,000 now going forward. Like right now, this is too much of a trend. The Broncos are using him too much now on early downs and success. And from a Jets perspective, Brees Hall, more touches, pays off. He has a big 72-yard touchdown. And there's a last minute like fumble six by Russell Wilson oh, so uh, that sent uh, this total over. Um, so no matter what number you had for the total, that fumble six is pretty much what sealed honestly, the deal. Zach looked better than Russ in this game, making some key throws while Russ Wilson was a Wilson slander. Yeah. But honestly, it was crazy. The in the pocket, Russ was just it was way too long, taking too many sacks while Zach was getting it out faster. It was, you know, kind of insane to see. Texans Falcons Falcons win twenty one to nineteen. Total goes under, and they do cover as one and a half point favorites. Desmond Ritter now. 5-0 straight up at home and 26-0 in college. I don't really care about the college aspect of it, but it is still mind-boggling to me for how bad of a quarterback he is that they are still 5-0 straight up in home starts for him. But I think Ben MGM should offer a new market is when is CJ Stroud going to throw an interception? Because he is still playing like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL because in my opinion, he couldn't really do anything today, but quarterbacks have those days, you know, where they just, it's not going anywhere. But that game-winning drive, he put them in position to win in the fourth quarter. And Bijan Robinson, he did score a touchdown, but he had a fumble in this game too. I think it's pretty clear right now, C.J. Stroud has to be the favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I will say there was a little bit of a betting travesty here at the end of this game when the Falcons, they could have went for a touchdown uh, to cover if they were at two-and-a-half-point favorites or to even seal the over. But yeah, instead, close two and Ritter Neal's and the Falcons take the field goal to win. So that London trend of them coming back from London, they do not cover the spread as a result. So that is in play. And now the Jags are coming back this week. So keep that in mind for the Colts Jags game next week. Giants Dolphins. Dolphins went 31 to 16. Dolphins cover as 12 and a half point favorites and the under 47 and a half hits to a tag of Viola. Now 14 and five against the spread at home. We've got the Panthers next week. I mean, they might be favored by 20 by kickoff, you know, at this stage. Uh, the Giants really, they did everything they could. The defense specifically did everything they could to try and cover for the Giants. Uh, two picks from Tua. One of them was a pick six. But this this lack of protection for Daniel Jones is getting a bit out of hand now. Uh, he was sacked six times today. He's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Now he's in concussion protocol. He's likely going to miss the next game against the Bills because that's how the concussion protocol works now. Uh, they got to go through these five steps of uh, recovery, and more often than not, it takes more than a full week uh, before they get there. And, and the Dolphins, they did what they do. You know, Devin Ashane, Ak- I don't know how to pronounce it, but it doesn't matter because 
he is scoring so many touchdowns right now. He looks like a top three running back in the NFL. Of course, you see the normal Tyreek Hill 70-yard touchdown because the Giants are stupid and still play man coverage on a player like Tyreek Hill. Here's one for you. Uh, uh, for A-Chain, I believe he has the second most rushing yards this year and like the 35th most attempts. So uh, he's doing some wild stuff down there. Panthers-Lions. Lions win fairly easy, 42-24, to cover as 9.5-point home favorites. Uh, the over 43.5 also hits. Jared Goff now 19-8 and against the spread at home since 2020. That's the most profitable quarterback in the NFL in that stretch. I mentioned this earlier. Bryce Young just looks so little out there. He <laughs> looks like a freshman in high school playing varsity. And there were two picks. Every pass completion just looked hard like to make happen. And the offensive line didn't really do him any favors. All right, let's end it on this one. Saints, Patriots, Saints win 34 to nothing. Patriots <laughs> is home. Favorites do not cover. They lose outright and don't even put up any points to even help any type of over betters uh, because the under hits at 34 total points with the over under of 39. This Patriots offense now has scored only 58 points. In five games this year, they've only scored three points over their last two games. This was a brutal watch if you're a Pats fan, or in Evan's case, this is a hilarious time because you've been preying on the Pats' demise. Um, and Correct. two more Mac Jones interceptions, mistakes on third down, fumbles. We see a Bailey Zappi appearance again. I'm just going to say this because you're the trend guy. You like to bring up a lot of these trends. The whole Pats, Belichick, betting trend premium it's over i don't want to hear it anymore i don't want any trends that involving bill belichick to me are done so him as a dog him off a loss his team's off games where the quarterback has 10 interceptions like <laughs> i don't want to hear them they're done are we going to finally see bailey zappy to save whatever is left of this patriot season so i'll have a caveat with that i believe any belichick stat trend whatever is done as long as mac jones is the quarterback like at the current moment i think he trumps anything that bill can do and i think we saw it today with new orleans and listen i believe you know i don't i don't know if this is updated yet but i think they've scored the fewest points in the nfl i believe they're last at the moment going into week five because they were second to last and cincinnati and the giants both scored uh so maybe the giants and them are really close at the bottom at 31 32 but it's been so bad, and I just can't believe that they're not willing to at least take a look at someone else, right? At this point, I mean, next week they've got the Raiders, and then they've got Buffalo. So if they're not going to figure it out with the Raiders, they sure as heck don't want to figure it out with Buffalo. So they've got to make a move at some point, or I'm just going to win all my bets. Yeah, well, the Patriots are going to probably be in the C, D, or Z block, wherever they are now in the show going forward until uh, we see some uh, resuscitation from uh, Bailey Zappi in this <laughs> offense. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, now let's check in with Patrick Everson with Vegas Insider to talk about the latest Week 5 updates from Las Vegas. Patrick, what's the vibe today? Did sportsbooks make out with this today, or did the public end up getting their piece of the pie? I would say it was some give and take. The odds makers got some pie, and the public got some pie. and <laughs> Everybody got to eat. Everybody got to eat. In the end, maybe not everybody will eat. We'll have to, you know, if, if, you know, we'll have to see how the Sunday night game goes because a lot going to the Niners tonight. But there were a couple of games that were certainly good behind the counter. One odds maker pointed to obviously the you know Jaguars Bills that was decent for the you know with the Jags pulling the upset and uh, you know a couple of other notable games the Saints outcome the Steelers outcome and so forth for but, sure. But then the public gets to eat because the Chiefs and the Eagles win in cover. So and those are in money line parlays and all that and uh, which which obviously tend to run to the favorite on Sunday night, especially when you have a great Sunday night matchup like the Cowboys and the 49ers. Yeah, and it seemed like some really public sides were able to take it home, like the Dolphins, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, the Chiefs as well, the Eagles. Uh, So that had to have been uh, a much uh, needed result for the public here now going into the San Francisco game where San Francisco is leading by all accounts by uh, tickets and handle. Right, exactly. And all the money line parlays were going through a lot of the money line parlays were going through Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers. And that was expressed by multiple odds makers this evening before the Sunday night game kicked off that we're going to need the Cowboys and not just to cover the short number. We're going to need them to win this game outright. So it's a lot like what happened in week four, Jill, when the, when it went to everything went to Chiefs Jets and they needed, you know, they wanted a Jets cover. They were really wishing for a Jets win uh, and almost got it. It's very similar scenario with with how week five has unfolded in the NFL. Well, and one game that I'm thinking of, too, is that Ravens-Steelers result mm-hmm. where it seemed like the Ravens pretty much had their foot on the Steelers' throat. Um, how was that from a result standpoint for the sportsbook? Did that pay out more for the public, or did the sportsbook take that on the chin, too? Absolutely a winner for the behind-the-counter. Uh, you know, the Ravens were—I mean, look, there were a couple of books, including uh, BetMGM, which was reporting— just a couple hours before kickoff, two-way play on the spread with a lean toward the Steelers. But those money line parlays and so forth were certain spread parlays and such were sure. certainly running to Baltimore. Baltimore, a very popular team, public team, seemingly playing well, off to a really good start. And then just, I mean, totally spit the bit today. So uh, well, it I, was classic AFC North. It was probably <laughs> the most AFC North game you could get, the most Steelers Ravens game you could get probably uh, since like a long time ago when you were basically having guys get hit way over the middle. Um, I wanted to talk about the Monday game because sure. Raiders are playing at home, mm-hmm. hosting a very public team in the Packers who may not necessarily be as public as when they were with Aaron Rodgers and, mm-hmm. and Brett Favre, but you know, playing in Vegas usually – you know, when Vegas is playing at home, 
a lot of fans like to come in as well. Is that kind of how it's working for tickets and handle? Are we seeing a lot of Packers love uh, on that front? Absolutely. Certainly at the books here in Vegas and even nationwide, as I've mentioned, the bulk of tickets and money comes in closer to kickoff. But snapshot from earlier today, it was three on the spread, three to one tickets and two to one, almost two to one money on the Packers. And that's BetMGM nationally. I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers take more tickets and money here in Vegas than the Raiders do tomorrow. The fans are here in force. One odds maker told me earlier today from a Vegas book, he said our most bet game of the season so far wow. in the NFL. You've got this great Cowboys-Niners matchup on Sunday night. We've had some other really interesting matchups. But the most bet game at that particular book was Steelers-Raiders because the Steelers fans, they travel really well, as we all know. Well, the Packers fans really like to travel too, and it's probably already starting to get a little nip in the air in Green Bay. So uh, they're going to come down here, and the weather is just absolutely marvelous. They are all over town. I was around town, and there were Packers jerseys and Packers T-shirts and Packers swag everywhere. They're going to bet it really well. I wouldn't be surprised, first off, if the Raiders fans are overwhelmed by Packers fans tomorrow night, if it's very loud for, for Green Bay on Monday night. And I wouldn't be surprised if even the Vegas books uh, need the Raiders tomorrow night. All right, let's get you out of here on this one, Patrick. Let's talk about week six. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of teams right now uh, might be seeing some early line movement, especially maybe some sharp action. Uh, for example, our Brandon Anderson with the hot read already looking at the Seattle Seahawks against the Bengals, also looking at the Colts against the Jaguars. Uh, from your POV, are you seeing any early action on those games as well? Is there maybe another game that we should be paying attention to for week six? Oh, I think that Seahawks-Bengals one is a really good one to look at for a couple of reasons. One, Joe Burrow seemed to kind of get it back today. He had a big connection with Chase, did a nice touchdown and so forth. So I think that's probably going to to help sway some public opinion there. But Seattle is, has played really well after, after losing that home opener against mm-hmm. the Rams, which nobody expected them to lose. They've gone 3-0 straight up and against the spread since that. They're coming off a bye week before they have to travel to this game. And one odds maker I talked with this evening said this was one that they, on the look ahead, they opened at two and a half last week, got bet up to three Bengals minus two and a half, got bet up to three, but then bet back down all the way to two. And then when they reopened this or kind of formally opened this, I guess to say for week six on this Sunday evening and Cincinnati looked good against Arizona, they decided to open three. And he said the market promptly went against us to get it back down to the look ahead number. So of two and a half. So there's some jockeying going on there and probably some sharp jockeying uh, early in the week on whether this is going to, you know, land three or whether it's uh, or whether it's going to land two and a half. Perhaps the public is the, is, is the one who settles up on this and the public is probably going to back Joe Burrow off of this recency bias. Beautiful stuff, Patrick. Patrick Everson, Vegas Insider. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk again next week. You bet. Have a great week. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Enjoy Monday Night Football and keep an eye out for all of our NFL Week 6 podcasts right here on the Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.